welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hello, crew, and welcome to episode 113 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and today I've got a special guest, Adam Blazevich, who's a professional cyclist, and we're going to be talking about the similarities between cycling and motorsport. So I do hope you enjoy the show. If you haven't already, please race over and check out our new membership toolkit. Um, it's currently at $9.95 per month. Uh, where it's got all lots of tools and resources um, to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Next week, I'll be talking to young carter Alice Buckley around her time in karting. And then we're going to be starting off some podcasts of the latest trends in social media. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. I do hope you enjoyed today's episode and get something from it. Have a great day. Hi, Adam. Welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited because this is the first time on the podcast that we've had an elite athlete from a different sport. Can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do and how you do it? Yeah, so um, I'm actually a cyclist. So um, it's something I started when I was pretty young, probably started racing bikes when I was maybe nine. Um, and then, yeah, over the last few years, I've been doing all sorts of disciplines. Um, yeah, so racing cyclocross, road, mountain bikes, did a little bit of BMX. Um, and yeah, sort of just over um, here in Australia and um, yeah, been over to Europe a few times racing as well. But um, yeah, it's been a pretty uh, fun journey. And um, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. So being able to do a bit of everything. And yeah, at the moment, still sort of doing uh, some off-road and on-road um, cycling. But yeah, it's been been awesome. So. And how did you get started into cycling? Uh, it's something like, I don't know, I always just sort of did it. It was something as a kid I really enjoyed doing. So like I was always on a bike, you know, when I was super young. And then I think, yeah, I just started riding on the mountain bike a bit more. And then, yeah, when I was nine, started racing. And it's just really gone from there. Like I haven't actually stopped since then so it just sort of it's just kept going so you just sort of yeah keep learning keep progressing and you sort of um yeah go to some bigger races and have some bigger goals and stuff and yeah it's really just kept progressing and yeah still at it now so and so you do mountain bike riding now yeah so at the moment yeah still on a mountain bike and um yeah racing cyclocross and i've actually been on the road quite a lot over the last year as well um so probably doing a little bit more of that um, racing which has been really fun so it's really cool being able to switch between all the disciplines because it keeps it sort of interesting and they're all similar but they're all slightly different as well so it's uh yeah really fun yeah because i look at them being all really different but they're not yeah like but i don't know i guess physically i obviously i look at them from that physical side. yeah from a physical point of view like they're all like so say like a mountain bike race you're looking at maybe about an hour and a half for a cross-country Olympic race. Um, mm -hmm. Cyclocross is maybe an hour, and those races are quite intense. So they're like full gas. You're, you know, you're really going for the, that time. And then you get to a road race, and they're quite different because you can have road races that are short, or some of them, you know, like a Melbourne to Warrnambool or Grafton to Inverell, they're sort of, you know, 200 kilometres plus races. So you're looking at about six-hour race. So, um, yeah, physically it's very different. Um, and then obviously off-road you've got you know certain skills and stuff as well um so it, it does vary but they are they are very similar in terms of like when you start doing all of them so wow no i wouldn't think yeah <laughs> um but you do have an interest in motorsports tell us how how did you get started in motorsports 
I do. Well, I don't know. I've always sort of been interested in like cars and racing when I was younger, like going, just, just going to like Formula One and stuff in Melbourne and then just trying to go to sort of like, you know, races like at Phillip Island and stuff. And then, um, yeah, I started studying mechanical engineering at uni. Um, and then I sort of, yeah, after that, I really wanted to try and sort of maybe pursue a career in sort of motorsport with that engineering. Um, and then, yeah, it's only sort of been maybe the last year actually getting a little bit more involved with that, um, in, with one of the TCR teams and just being able to sort of help out and get a little bit more involvement. It's been really fun and yeah, I really, really like it. So. Are you addicted? <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's like something about, it's just yeah, two wheels or four wheels. I can't sort of get enough of it. So. Yeah. So why not motorbikes then? Uh, I don't know. It's been, that's, that's also another, like, I, I do like that as well, but I don't know. There's something just about the cars that, yeah, I've, I just, I've always liked it. So I've always, yeah, watched a lot of Formula One and, and motorsport and yeah, I don't know. It's just something I really enjoy about it. Like all the, I guess like all the engineering behind the cars and, you know, what actually goes on behind the scenes to get a car onto the track, because it's not as simple as turning up to a race weekend and, and putting a car on a track and going fast. There's a lot of, uh, different processes and a lot of things behind the scenes that go on to sort of, you know, give, um, yeah, give it all to, yeah, together. So. Have you learned something in the last year that you didn't know or you weren't fully aware of before you started your uni degree? Um, yeah, like I guess with uni, like, uh, especially like mechanical engineering, like it's, you don't really learn a lot of the practical application mm -hmm. like that you would get say like um you know actually working on a race car and saying okay this is the process of say we're going to pull this apart and rebuild it but this is how it's done and um yeah it's very different like uni we learn a lot of the like theoretical um sort of knowledge but it's more of that practical um and being able to really sort of i guess apply that to to something which has yet yeah, been really cool so so um, does yeah. uni offer those like practical placements um not through uni no we sort of you sort of have to go out and sort of find like you do have formula SAE at uni which is like that's a really good way to sort of get involved as well so yeah i was doing a little bit of that too um but then i think we've got karina coming up next week so yeah karina's part oh awesome yeah 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 so that's been like that was really cool as well because that's you're obviously involved in like the design of like parts of the car as well whereas i guess moving to sort of like the TCR, it was sort of a bit different because it's sort of a spec series C sort of, I guess everything's already designed. So it's more actually, um, yeah, like I know like at Phillip Island over the weekend, it's about making the car go fast around the track. So like set up changes and, and all that sort of stuff, which is also, yeah, really interesting to see. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so as you said, like being an athlete, um, I want to kind of, pick your brains to see yeah. obviously uh we see like a lot of the formula one drivers uh, doing um cycling and yeah pretty much um a lot of the supercar drivers during triathlons and so forth yeah. so what do you think is the comparison between um motorsport fitness and cycling well i don't know i think they're both when you look at them they're both sort of endurance sports because like the races are like the races can be quite long for both of them um so and it's quite demanding as well like in in motorsport you have i guess like high temperatures inside the car it's quite intense just like the mental focus as well being like switched on for that whole time um because obviously you just need to be super aware of what's going on and and focusing on everything and same with like on the bike like you sort of got um yeah all well there's a lot happening especially like say in a, in a cyclocross race um it's that's sort of like a cross between mountain biking and road um so it's sort of off-road and um the courses are about 
two to three kilometers, but very technical. So you've got, you haven't really, you're sort of, you know, you're going really hard up this like a hill and then you've got a really technical descent where you have to be super focused because otherwise, you know, you make a mistake and then you lose a lot of time in the race or potentially end your race because you've uh, had a crash or mechanical or something like that. So, Yeah. And on a race weekend, is it the same as like now that you've been involved in motorsport? Yeah. Is it like the same, same but different or really like really different from? Um, I think it's sort of, it, like it is sort of similar after seeing it, like because obviously with the bikes, like I know it's still a mechanical object that we're like using. So like you have got a lot of prep, like we're sort of, you know, going over bikes, checking everything mechanically is right. Um, obviously set up as well. So say on a mountain bike you've got you know you've got suspension on there so you can change suspension settings you've got tire pressures um so it is it is similar for that like say like in cyclocross like tire pressures are super important so you know you're looking at one one psi to half psi changes can make a massive difference in a race so i think from that side of you like you've got you've obviously got bikes set up and then like with motorsport you've got the car set up um and then that influences like performance like in the race so i think from that point of view it is it is similar but it obviously they are very different still so and do you have a team that works with you like in the racing um so with cycling like i when i've raced in <laughs> when i've raced in europe like yeah we have um yeah like mechanics and people helping us so um obviously over there like i won't be working on my bike i'll have the mm-hmm. mechanics that are, you know i'll say i need this changed or where you know, trying different tyres, different wheels. Um, and You're doing that data feedback. like Yeah, you? yeah. So I'm sort of saying, okay, I'm giving them the feedback. Okay, we need to change this because, you know, I'm feeling this on the track here. And then we work mm-hmm. out, okay, let's change this. And we go out and do another practice lap. Um, so that's more that's more in Europe when you start racing, I guess, like the World Cups and those sorts of stuff because they're pretty high-level races. So you'll have, you know, days of practice before the actual race to sort of really dial everything in. But it's also tricky because conditions change over there. So when you're racing in Europe in winter, like one day it's raining, next day yeah. it's fine. It oh, can we, be, yeah. yeah, snowing. You could literally, I think um, when I raced uh, 2017 Worlds in Luxembourg, like it actually snowed. So um, we weren't really prepared for that. So that was interesting. Um, and then halfway through the race, the snow starts melting and it turns into mud. So then your setup's changing mid-race. You're sort of you're having to call out to the pits and say, we need different tyres, we need to drop tyre pressures. So, um, yeah, it gets pretty full on in terms of, like, I guess, yeah, the feedback between you and everyone helping you because it's sort of a team effort, I guess, at the end of the day to sort of get a result. So, And it's so cool, like motorsports, like, that you have to go overseas to make it. Like, so what is, what is the pinnacle in cycling? Like, obviously, uh, Formula 1 or IndyCars, depending on what you like. Yeah, so it really depends. So in cycling, I guess, yeah, racing in Europe is where it's at. So to really make a career out of it, you have to go race in Europe. So for cyclocross and mountain biking, that'd be like racing a World Cup season. Um, So which is, that's the top level. So that would be, that's like the highest level you can get to in those sports. Um, And then on the road, you've got what's called the World Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, which is again the highest level so you've got um you know there's i think maybe like 20 professional teams um and the aim is to get onto one of those similar to formula one like there's only so many teams only so many spots available um so but they're like that's the pinnacle and yeah i guess if you really want to try and make a career out of it that's sort of the aim and you really have to be going over there to race to try and get the opportunities and um yeah make connections as well so so when you say opportunities, like you're saying that's the pinnacle, like where else do you go? Like is it the uh, like the Olympic team? Is it a um, 
I yeah, I guess for long term, like if you want to um, pursue it, you're probably you're aiming to get onto like a professional team, mm -hmm. and then that would be how you race. So you would do you like you'll race World Cup seasons, and then you also do other races as well. But the aim is to try and get onto a professional team where I guess you have a contract and are getting paid to to race and, and ride your bikes. So. And why do you think that we don't have that within Australia? Because we know, um, again, with motorsports, that if a lot of those um, people want to succeed, they're having to flee Australia and to yeah. go overseas to kind of get those grassroots. Like, yes, I understand um, population and, and sponsorship and so forth. Um, but is that the same in cycling? It, it is the same, yeah. Because it's like, I guess we do have the races here and we have sort of what you call like the National Road Series on the road or you have like the national events, which are sort of the top level here. But I think it's more just the exposure and like the sponsors you have in Europe where I think it's been around just a lot longer. Um, and oh, yeah. I, yeah, so it's like very different. Like say like a race here, you might you just don't get the same crowds and stuff. So mm -hmm. like at a World Cup in Cyclocross, there might be like, 60,000 people at a race like wow. it's it's just a lot bigger so you have all these spectators that are super into it and then it brings bigger sponsors and it just all sort of yeah builds from there so yeah so I feel like that's a perfect league we're into sponsorship um yeah. how do you go about getting sponsors and and is it a sponsored thing um and yeah how does that work nationally and internationally yeah like sponsors are a very big part of it because obviously without sponsors it makes it very difficult to I guess go racing um so um yeah like it's sort of there's lots of different levels you can be sponsored by sort of local bike shops and then you can sort of get into more serious sponsorships after that um so like after my first time in europe i think it was 2018 i started getting sponsored by giant bikes australia um and then yeah i've been with them for the last well since since then um but they're probably my biggest sponsor but it sort of makes everything possible in terms of like equipment and helping get to all the races and stuff because um it is still quite an expensive sport um with, with everything you need so um yeah like it's really it's really difficult if you don't have the sponsors supporting you um to to do everything so so obviously if you go overseas you've had to seek sponsorship how have you gone about seeking sponsorship um well for me it was funny like when i went to europe the first time i was sort of sponsored by a local bike shop so i was still um i had really good support but not to the level that i've got now so when i went to europe i actually focused a lot on social media when i was over there so um i was really lucky doing a lot of photos and stuff when i was racing um and then i actually was um i had giant reach out to me um towards the end of my trip um just saying you know we need to have a chat and then it sort of went from there so i went to um yeah, giant australia head office we had a little chat and yeah then i've um yeah I'm been sure on... it was a big chat but yeah yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure like your heart rate was pumping your life <laughs> yeah um, it, was a, it was a big deal at the time because i'd never really been offered anything right. like that in terms of support and then yeah, congratulations like <laughs> that's a big thing so you have a sponsor come to you celebrate that win <laughs> yeah it was really like it just really wasn't expect i don't think i realized at the time sort of like what it was like i just yeah. sort of was doing my thing like I hadn't like it wasn't like I was winning heaps of races over there like I might I think I won two races um but then obviously at the World Cups it's super hard to go well so yeah. I wasn't actually like you know I'm I just you trying to going there to get sponsors no it, no it, I was just perfect. yeah just trying to do what I could and I think the social media stuff helped a lot as well because it was showing a bit of an insight into sort of what I was doing and what the racing's like because not a lot of people I guess go over and do it so people don't actually realize oh this is what goes on or all that sort of stuff so i keep 
screaming from the rooftops. So people like to see the behind the scenes stuff about yeah, what got exactly. you behind. And, yeah. yeah. Cause I think it helps everyone understand as well. When you show like behind the scenes and what goes on like every day, like they're like, oh, okay, this is sort of how it all works, what's involved. Cause yeah, then they just get the overall picture, I guess, of, of what's going on. So yeah, that's fantastic. So you went and had this small meeting uh, with Giant. Um, yeah. Did you actually have like a sponsorship proposal at that time? Did you take that with them or was it just about meet and greeting? And then, yeah, tell us about that um, process about gaining that sponsorship. Yeah, like I actually didn't have a sponsorship proposal or anything at the time. I, I sort of just, um, yeah, it was. Um, you, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so it was actually, yeah, the general manager of Giant, um, Darren Rutherford, he, he um, yeah, messaged me and, um, yeah, wanted to catch up. And I, yeah, I went into Giant. I think I was in my like school uniform with blazer and stuff. And yeah, we had a chat. And then it was, yeah, so I was sort of supported that year. And then the following year, so 2018, I um, went on to a contract with them. Um, and I was, yeah, writing for the Giant Australia off road team. Um, and that's what I've been doing sort of since, since then. So I've, yeah, been with them for the last few years. But, um, but, yeah, so it was really good. But before that, I was actually still riding like giant bikes. So I was sort of sponsored through a store that had them. So it's sort of been, yeah, I've probably been on giant for like 10 years, but it wasn't until 2018 that I got offered something that was, yeah, at that sort of level. So, And so obviously being of the caliber um, athlete that you are, do you get quite often like other bikes coming through, um, you know, to offer you to ride it to see if you like it to try and get you to switch teams or anything like that or is it um it's sort of tricky like it's not really like that like you may have a few like in the past but it's not not really like that like i've yeah it's been pretty committed to i think with like once you sort of see someone in a kit like it's pretty you're pretty committed to to that brand for the time um so yeah like i haven't actually really changed sponsors i've been really with the same sponsors the whole way through which has been really cool because you build up a really good relationship with them and it's just a really nice way to sort of yeah do it and share all the racing and, and everything so yeah and do you invite them to the events do they come along or? yeah they've yeah they've come they've come to races before and stuff which is really cool because then they get to see sort of what's going on and yeah, and then they can also follow you through, like, obviously social medias when you're sharing all the stuff as well. So that's also, like, yeah, something that I really try to focus on too is sort of, you know, trying to show a lot of stuff there um, as well. So Yeah, so, yeah, I obviously love social media and you seem to be good at it. Um, what do you love about it? Um, I don't know. I think it's just a cool way to sort of share what you're actually doing. And it's just yeah. sort of like, I know, like, I've sort of the last year I've probably moved into more, like, doing the content creation myself um so yeah like i've got yeah like proper camera and stuff and i was sort of like during lockdowns because we didn't have the racing so i was starting to do like little videos and stuff on instagram showing a little bit more behind the scenes stuff and more photos just to try and like um, provide some value i guess for the sponsors that i have just because i couldn't race um but yeah i think it's just a cool way to show sort of you know like share race pictures or you know when you're in europe you can just sort of share what what's going on because um, I guess not everyone is able to do it. So it's a cool way to sort of share like, you know, this is what goes on at, you know, a World Cup race or this is sort of how it all works. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my cat seems to be having a fit. Oh, no. <laughs> Those who can't see us, the cat's having a fit. Um, so, all right. So that's about like social media. Um, do you have a third platform? um yeah i mostly base myself with instagram i reckon mm -hmm. at the moment like 
I I used Facebook a little bit, but I think for just the audience that we work with, like Instagram is a pretty common one for everyone to be on. Um, like, like everyone in our community, everyone's on Instagram, and sort of where everything's getting shared and stuff. And I think it's just a cool platform with like the photo and video and everything. So I think it's a really good way to sort of share a bit of everything. So. And I still can't get into the habit of saying meta because it's like Facebook. I feel like if you're going to have yeah. a name change, make it from a two syllable to a one syllable, like yeah. best or something. But it's yeah, it's all it's all changed though. Like I think yeah, I think any social media platform is really good. But I guess my preference is just uh, Instagram at the moment, um, and even like you know just trying to use like new features like Reels and stuff like when they sort of come out because. Yeah. It all and the algorithms and stuff, it all sort of helps with like reach and sort of trying to reach new people as well. Because that's another thing with social media now, it's so like saturated, there's a lot of people using it. So it is actually quite hard to build an audience and sort of try find people that are interested um, and stuff. So, yeah, and try and get the fans on board. Um, so it's gone through sponsorship, it's social media. How do you train? Um, yeah, like training's pretty intensive. Like mostly, you know, we're training like seven days a week um, on the bike um, and then, you know, one to two days in the gym as well. So, um, yeah, I have a coach for the bike um, and then I have a coach in the gym, Greg, who's been awesome. So, um, yeah, it's pretty intense and you go through different phases with training as well. So um, you'll do like base training where you're sort of, you know, training through different sort of aerobic zones. You might be sort of more zone one, zone two, and then, as you build into a race, you start bringing that race intensity and the sessions get a little bit shorter and then you taper into a race. So, um, yeah, your volume drops off, but the intensity stays the same just so that your body's sort of ready to go and you're clearing some of that fatigue from all the big weeks you've done leading up to it. So, Awesome. I love it. Um, so when it comes to race weekend nutrition, what does that look like for you? Um, it's, it's sort of, um, yeah, it's different. Like it sort of changes around. We don't seem to have the dual thing. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's actually interesting. Like say we had, uh, like road nationals, um, in January and sort of with riding, like I think before the race, you're just trying to load up on the carbs pre pre race and like road nationals is always quite a hot race. It can get up to like 40 degrees. So Mm -hmm. you're also loading up on electrolytes and stuff before you race. Um, and then, depending on the race sometimes like you'll have like in the longer races you have a bit more solid food towards the start of the races and then you'll go to more liquids or or gels because it just gets absorbed faster in, into your body um but yeah it depends like the amount of carbs you're having per hour and everything at all it all changes like sometimes you might be having 100 grams of carbs in the hour or you know you might be doing more so um it really depends Do you on- work out from yourself or do you have a coach or just... Um, I work out with my coach and then I've also worked with a nutritionist as well before to sort of work out, okay, this is what we need to do for this race and this is what we have to do for this race here. Um, so it does change and it's quite a tricky thing to get right sometimes. Like you do, yeah. you might make a few mistakes and it does, you do feel that quite quickly on the bike. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to add ask an odd question because obviously in motorsports, we know what happens if they need to go to the toilet. Yeah endurance is it the same Uh, well sometimes in a in a raid race you can be lucky you might be out of stop um like the six hour thing you're talking about yeah like some so in the in a raid race because you've got like um all the teams and you've got the big peloton you also have all the team cars behind okay well there'll be certain parts of the race where 
like we're still going but it's the race isn't on so the race isn't super fast and you might see a few other guys all want to stop um so then they can you might be able to stop but then if the race is on then you're in a little bit of trouble you've either got to try to go on the bike or like yes do you literally go on the bike yeah sometimes you have to have you been sprayed before? Oh, no, no, luckily not. I'm pretty good at sort of avoiding it. You can sort of like see where. Oh, really? Going. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's like normally, normally it's pretty good. Normally you can get away, away with everything. So, yeah. <laughs> I have to ask the question. I'm sure people are asking. I know. I think, <laughs> I think people would be pretty curious how it works. But yeah, the six hour races are difficult because it's yeah. obviously quite a long time and you got a lot of fluids and stuff. So, right. yeah. It's all for science. It's all for science, Ed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so about um, obviously exposure for, for your sport, um, how, how do you go about, apart from doing podcasts, um, do you get much exposure in social media? Um, yeah, like social media is probably the biggest one. Like sometimes we're lucky, like some of our races, like they'll be, um, yeah, like the NRS races, the National Road Series races, they'll be like um, live streamed on um, like Facebook or SBS online or um, one of the races we did in Adelaide, um, Tour Down Under. It's normally actually a professional race, but the last two years with COVID, um, all the professional teams haven't been able to come out, but they've actually still run it for us like domestic teams with a few professional riders that are Australian that have come back um, oh, nice. and that's been really good because that was um, all been on seven plus that was a really good platform for us to sort of get onto and I guess more people can actually see what's going on in the race because I guess some of these races are quite long so it can be quite I guess for a spectator like it's a bit boring sometimes at yeah. the races so you don't um, see it all yeah. yeah you don't see it all but yeah th that was like adelaide was a, is a really good one for exposure um but then yeah the rest of it comes through sort of social media with for us so yeah awesome and do you have any race weekend rituals or uh not really actually like oh maybe like you just sort of you know you have like your pre-race music and sort of stuff like that yeah. which is like i find that's really important um and i guess for me like you know you'll be going over equipment and making sure everything's like super organized super dialed like that's just me personally i like having everything really organized mm -hmm. at a race weekend because it just makes it a lot easier like when everything's happening you just have like i'll normally write out a plan so like the week before the race i'll be like you know we might you know have friday saturday sunday and i'll be like okay this time we're eating here doing this here just so like it I just really keeps <laughs> yeah it just keeps me really on track with a schedule so you don't get carried away or mm. Um, and it just makes it a bit less, um, I guess, stressful as well because you just have a plan to focus on and then you get to the race and then because the mental preparation is quite important as well for um, these sorts of races too. So Yeah, perfect. Wait, into my next question. How do you yeah. mentally prep for your race weekend? Um, I guess it depends. Like with us, like you might have goals for a race. Like for me personally, like um, we've done it, I've done a bit of work with sort of like sports psychologists and stuff um, at sort of certain training camps about, you know, how this all works. So it's been quite good over the years learning, but I won't actually set like objective goals. Like I want to finish first or I want to finish second at this race because yeah, like as soon as that's not happening, then you're like, oh, I'm not actually achieving my goal. So <laughs> you might pick something else. So say um, like on a mountain bike race, you might be like, okay, I want to ride this technical section really smoothly here. I want to sort of um, try and eat in this spot. And then you sort of just come up with like these maybe four or five little goals to do during the race. And then normally if you do those, like 
the result will be the result. Like if you're sort of having a good day, you'll be able to get the result that you sort of deserve on the day. Um, so, and then also for the off-road, like mountain bike and cyclocross, you do a bit of like visualization work. So for like a cyclocross race, the course is like two and a half, three K, but um, in practice, I'll like just go through my head. Okay. Literally every corner, every feature. So like the night before the race, I can literally remember every single feature on the course. Um, yeah. Just so you sort of go into a bit of an autopilot on the day. Mm -hmm. You know what's coming up and are prepared for everything. So That's awesome. And do you write down a record or do a debriefing around about your performance after each event? Or um, Yeah, normally we'll have it like we have a chat with like coach and we work out, okay, this is what we've done well, this is what didn't go so well. And then we look at so why did these things happen? Um, what what happened to cause you know this so say like at uh, road nationals this year I made a little mistake with nutrition so then it was about after the race going okay what did I do specifically um, that caused this problem and then actually fixing that for the next race um, because I think if you don't do that then it's hard to learn what you do and then you just keep making the same mistakes each time so I always like if you make a mistake it's not the end of the world it's just another learning opportunity to like improve yeah. for next time so there's no failures only learning curves exactly um, you said something that just triggered my thought that i was gonna ask now I forgot. oh recovery is what i was going to ask oh, yeah. Yeah. what did you do regarding recovery um recovery like normally we'll have like say after training sessions or races you have sort of like recovery drinks um you can sort of do like you know cold water these are they <laughs> no, no. no so um yeah you can do like cold water immersion stretching all those sorts of things um which are really good there's nothing too crazy like say after a big race you might have you know a day or two days a little bit lighter on the bike where you'll just spin your legs a little bit just to clear everything out um you know. I, I'd get on the bike the next day. What are you talking about? Do you ride the bike every day? Yeah, yeah. So even after, like, um, after, like, a, like <laughs> even road nationals, I was, I think, you know, the day after the race, I might have done an hour and then we went straight back into a training block. So it was sort of, you know, four or five hour rides for the next sort of five days um, before the next race to keep the form sort of going along. So that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's quite intense sometimes. Yeah, you, you do feel pretty tired sometimes. Doms. Like, what, how many of you got DOMS, delayed onset muscles? Um, I don't know. Like, I used to get that a lot from the gym. Like, it's quite difficult, like, training in the gym and then riding. Yeah. But then my body just sort of got used to it. To do strength and then you go on the bike to do endurance and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So, like, sometimes, like, when I go train with Greg, I think, you know, I might have done a five- or six-hour ride that day and then I'm in the gym at night with him so it's you sort of, upper body and core. oh no we still do lower body because it's still good to train fatigue so um yeah, but yes yeah, it's, it's tricky at times like it's really it's wow. finding the balance so yeah mm. crazy crazy i'm like just speechless yeah. <laughs> i'm just like whoa okay then um so how can people follow your journey uh, well, I'm mostly just on Instagram, so it's just my name, like Adam Adam Blazvik, and that's where I post most of my my stuff and what I'm doing um, and everything. So, yeah, normally just yeah posts or stories or yeah, that's that's normally the place I I do everything. So, and what are your goals for 2022? Um, at the moment, we're just sort of focusing. I'm focusing a bit more on the road at the moment. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, racing national road series and then potentially looking at going over to Europe 
um, to race sort of, yeah, in a few months' time. Um, and then, yeah, sort of, you know, working towards that goal of trying to go, yeah, professional on the bike as well. Um, and so, yeah. So going to Europe, pineapple on pizzas, yes or no? Not for me, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not something that, that I do personally. Fair enough. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Adam. I love just hearing the insight into the athletes and what their performance training looks like, um, mindset, um, sponsorship, all of those kind of things that we do embrace here at Motivate Training. So thanks again for joining us, Adam. Awesome. No worries. Thanks, thanks for having me. That was really fun. Yeah. And just one last time, how can people follow you? Um, yeah, just on my Instagram. It's just my name, Adam Blazovic. So. No worries. So it's B-L-A-Z-E-V-I-C. And, of course, Adam's link would be in today's show notes. So thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember, all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe, and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out, and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Team. Until next time, take care.